Welcome to the Fearless Leader Podcast, where we have authentic conversations about culture, community, health, and education. Now here's your host, Jason Belton. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Fearless Leader Podcast. Today I have one of a close friend of mine. Uh, but before we get into the introductions, I want to talk to you guys. Tonight will be the first night for the Fearless Leader Literacy Campaign. Uh, I want us to take a look at strategies uh, where we can involve and uh, sort of bring into our, engage our young students before they even walk into our high schools. Uh, so tonight will be the first of many discussions on the importance of reading and writing. At this time, I'd like to introduce my friend, Ms. Isabel Cologne, who I will have an open discussion on literacy topics this evening. Ms. Cologne, and I refer to this young lady as Ms. C. Ms. C, please say hello to my listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Isabel Cologne, or Miss C, as Mr. Belton explained. And uh, first, I'm a, I'm a mother of two and a grandmother of a five-year-old. And um, I enter each day work with that in mind, um, always as, as a parent and then as an educator. Um, this is my 22nd year in education. My experience has taken me from teaching fourth grade, teaching middle school, to teaching high school, teaching high school AP classes. Uh, I've also had experience uh, as a literacy coach and also a department chair for the high school, a high school in Newark, and finally a vice principal. There we go. There we go. Now, <clears throat> I asked Ms. Uh, Cologne to Ms. C uh, to read an article, the National Institute for Literacy the partnership for reading, because I really wanted to delve into uh, this this piece. I thought that it 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 broke down the different uh, grade levels that the students would uh, be a part of, and so as the students are traveling through these grade levels, uh, they were they were they gave us some real good information as to what should be being what should be done at school and what should be done at home, which is very important uh, because I really want to I really want to start to to open the discussion about the importance of it happening in both places. Uh, so the initial piece was the building blocks of reading and writing. So just as an up, upfront um, joke and conversation, um, um, I had an earlier conversation with Miss C about it and she had to redirect me on the building blocks because I thought it was a pre-K session and she was like, no, it's the blocks that kind of guide the whole process. So that's why we have her on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so see, you want to jump into the building blocks of reading and writing? Um, sure. So there are, uh, as you stated, building blocks that need to be in place for students in preparation for middle school, high school, beyond. Um, these building blocks are essential. They, they cannot be skipped. They cannot be overlooked, they cannot be watered down, the time has to be invested. If you want the results that you're looking for, if you want students that are effective readers, effective writers, that are analyzing text, that are making judgments, that are uh, creating their own um, ideas and based on an argument, based on facts, based on information. So, so in order to get students to be in that space, there are building blocks that we can't skip. And so when you're looking at those building blocks, you're thinking of that K-1-2 uh, time period for that foundation to be set. So when you think about that, you think about there are essential components of reading. 
um, that the National Reading Panel has identified. So there's phonics, phonemic awareness, there's fluency, there's vocabulary, there's comprehension, there's spelling or, or word work as some, some people uh, mm -hmm. call it. Mm -hmm. um, and in those primary grades, we have to spend the time um, focusing on those foundational skills. We can't put the cart before the horse and then expect to have the results that we expect. I, I so I so love that 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 piece um, that the way that you just broke that down. Um, see, I I was um, being coming from the high school. It was real. I was just been trying to figure out where are the deficiencies in in the high school and and it took some time for me to understand that that some of these deficiencies were happening well before these kids walked into into the high school and Absolutely. then just to read this information and and how you just broke it down uh when i was going over the information and i was blown away about the, the building blocks and they talked about spelling and writing um being read to and and had the students read on their own, uh, learn about the letters of the alphabet, uh, learn about right. the print in the books. It was just so simple, but it just seemed like a lot of things aren't happening, like you said. And I think, like you said, like you just said, I I I think a lot of times we're putting the cart before the horse, and I think we need to kind of put things back in perspective. So I love that you I love that you spoke to it like that. See, one of the other things that I saw that kind of was going that drove through the, but you know, the middle of all of this was that a lot of this stuff was supposed to happen at home or in the earlier stages, like you're saying, like so that foundational piece has to happen some sort of system needs to be put in place between what's going on at school and then it continues at home. Right, um, so I, I have to say, I completely agree with you. Um, I've always uh, taken the stance that as much as we need our parents, I, I also have to make certain that uh, teachers who are at the front line are also aware or, or understand that at the end of the day, you have to make the time that you are in front of those children, you have to make that worthwhile. You have to use that time to do the best that you can because you can't control what happens at uh -huh. home. And when you deal with certain families who are just unable to, whether it be time, whether it be language, whether it be a lack of education, whatever uh -huh. it is, sometimes it's just not there. So what happens in the classroom is crucial. And so I'm, I will come back to, and we can discuss what the parents can do to support, mm -hmm. but the school has to have a clear, strong spoken sequence that guides children to where they need to be. And those foundational skills, that time period is crucial. That time period is essential. So I, I, I just want to uh, share that what I've found or what I'm seeing is that we are so driven by test results, which are important and have its place, mm -hmm. but we are so driven by that, that we are expecting students in that K-1-2 to engage in a certain level of, of, of discourse with among each other, mm -hmm. a, 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 they, they're expected to be at a certain level of writing and the kind of writing, the kind of reading 
is aligned to the testing, but it's developmentally not where we should be. We should be focused on setting the foundation for them. At that point, this is, this is the place where they are learning to read so that when the transition happens to third, fourth, fifth, and so on, then they are being taught reading to learn. Okay. But if they don't have the tools, mm -hmm. if they don't understand how letters, sounds, combination of those things work to develop words, mm -hmm. sentences, ideas, thoughts, so on and so forth. If they don't understand that from the beginning, then it's very difficult and you will see the effects of it when they sit down to take a test, when they sit down and are asked to construct whatever piece of writing it is that they are asked to construct. Mm -hmm. We are spending less time on the foundational skills and more time on the comprehension before they've gotten to that level. See, let me ask you, are there so classroom libraries and, and things like that? Are the uh, kids at that at that at that age? Are they sitting in circles? Are they are they reading regularly? Like, what does that look like at that age? And I apologize that you know I, I don't necessarily know the answer. They're doing, to that. they're doing all of that. They're doing they're doing all of that. Mm -hmm. um, but again, there's the time and there's a a space for all of it. And, and my point is that not enough time is being spent on the foundation. On the foundation. So, so students in the K-1-2 are absolutely, they're, they're absolutely reading. Mm -hmm. um, they're absolutely being read and independently and in small groups with opportunities to talk about the reading, with opportunities to engage. Um, again, I think that we have to be careful with how much time we're spending asking students to, in essence, write an argument mm -hmm. in first grade. Right, right. So. Um, we, 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 we are asking them to do things and, and maybe there's a disconnect. I, I, I will say, I'm not sure. Maybe there's a disconnect between what's being stated and what the teachers are interpreting it as, mm -hmm. the expectation, um, mm -hmm. what the expectation is. Maybe there's a disconnect there, uh, but there's 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 a lot that's being skipped, and and I think it's a combination of things. I think um, maybe their interpretation of, of the expectation, and then also their lack of knowledge in teaching those foundational skills. So so just to speak a little bit about that, the courses that teachers take don't teach them how to teach these foundational skills. The courses that they take that they would need are actually courses that a reading uh, specialist would take. But that's what our children need. We, right. we need reading specialists right. to work with the students to move them to where they need to be. See, is the same, does the same thing happen in writing? I, I just know that, um, I just remember, I mean, you know, I was in school bleams ago, but I just remember, and well, even my, uh, my, my daughter, uh, we had to work on the uh, foundations of writing home because they, when I was coming up, we spent more time writing, you know, in the lower grades. I, you know, I know I did. I can remember that just the, the writing. It, does that same sort of support or foundational support in writing, uh, does that, does that happen at the lower level? Absolutely. 
absolutely. So, okay. so they begin with, with scribbling. They begin, there's a process and, and time has to be allotted for that, right? So, so they, they begin with the process of scribbling and then eventually drawing pictures. And then the details that they add to those pictures are, are colors and, and who is that? And then eventually they're adding labels to those pictures. Mm -hmm. And as they build their vocabulary, as they build their understanding of words and sounds and things like they, they begin to formulate those sentences and those mm -hmm. complete thoughts and ideas um, as they engage in shared reading opportunities, as they engage in shared writing opportunities with their teachers, um, that and then begins to transform in the lower grades, that then begins to transform into lengthier pieces of writing. When, when the students then transition into, let's say, uh, end of second, third, fourth, onto those grades, they have the foundations. They're, they're pretty, they should leave with a pretty strong foundation. Mm -hmm. And then is when teachers can begin to focus more on adding the additional details or strengthening an argument, um, writing an analysis piece. Um, but it, again, students who are still struggling readers have a very difficult time reading something, comprehending it, and then writing in response to it. There's a lot happening there mm -hmm. if you have a lot of gaps. That that's a big expectation. Let me ask you see. Let me let me cut you. Let me let me ask you this real quick. See, so then see what happens then with that. So you realize that a kid in the second grade, I mean, um, is struggling now. So so then what does that reinforcement for that that kid in the second grade? What does that look like? That small group instruction has to focus on filling the gaps. It has to. It has to be very specific, very intentional. Um, it may or may not be an extension or scaffolded, um, uh, scaffolded uh, uh, lesson from the main lesson, or it may be something that they're missing from kindergarten. The teacher has to be allowed to do that and engage in that in that setting. They 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 have to be trusted enough to make that judgment and to determine what those students need. Are the teachers now, given that, are they, are they given that kind of leeway? Sometimes, uh, you know, I've, I've been in different districts, so sometimes they are and sometimes they are not. Okay. Um, sometimes they are told that they have to make certain connections to the, the, the curriculum. Sometimes they are given, you know, the autonomy to go ahead and identify the area of uh, deficiency. I will also add to that assessment is another important factor in that, right? So what assessments are we using to determine what are the deficiencies uh, for students? Are the, are the assessments measuring um, adequately where students are and specifically what is it that they need, mm -hmm. especially if a teacher has not received the training for, you know, reading specialists, let's just say, or the very specific level, you know, or in-depth level of, of training that they would need. Um, so there are layers to that. Yeah, I, I was so about to say to that. Provide so, the support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there, there sounds like there's a lot of layers going on. I don't yeah. want to be the, the person that believes like um, at the, at one end of the, 
at one end of the stick that, you know, what's going on at the other end that I'm seeing things that look like this on my end. And so, you know, you just told me about the, you know, the, the level of the, pro, you know, professional develop, development, what's going on with the professional development, what's going on with the skills that the teachers have when they come in, uh, the assessment, you know, what are we actually measuring? And you spoke early even about time. So, so yeah. time, you, you spoke about that at length. So time is definitely one of those things that you're suggesting that we definitely need more time in, in a focused area, right? Yeah. And I have to say in this, I mean, that was in a normal setting, right? Now we're in this virtual setting, which right. is just another layer, right? Mm-hmm. So being able to have those students consistently at a certain time mm-hmm. and part of, part of, um, the assessment uh, for teachers is to, to see what the students are doing, to see where they are stopping and struggling, to see where they look to the teacher for the assistance. All of that is part of the assessment to see whether or not the student is using strategies that they've been taught or whether they just stop and give up, whether a student is stopping and going back mm-hmm. to figure out mm-hmm. meaning of what they're reading. You know, there's just a lot the virtual setting, although we're, we're managing it and we're learning every day mm-hmm. and we're improving, right. um, it, it is, it is difficult. It is difficult. See, mm-hmm. let me ask you, um, cause you've been at the high school level as well. And when you were at the high school level, could you see, because one of the articles that I read, they were talking about how after the third grade, you can almost kind of predict the success of a student and with reading and writing as they move through you know, to the higher grades. And I was like, wow, in the third grade. So I guess all of this is that preparation to that point. I heard you touch on that a little bit. See, but from what you, when you were in the high schools and you look back on it, could you really see where students were like foundational skills, like were missing way ahead, like early on, you, you can spot that. Absolutely. So, so another part that I didn't speak a lot to um, was just the development of vocabulary right, and exposure to um, world issues. So let me try to explain it this way. As a, as a teacher in high school, mm-hmm. right, I was, given, I was given an AP class and the AP class, it was a, a fairly new school. And so the AP class um, struggled a little bit, you know, um, there were a lot, I could see there, looking at what the expectation was, for, for the AP exam, let's just say that, that level of writing, that college right. level of writing. Right. Uh, what that expectation was, and then looking at where the students were coming in, I went to the drawing board, back to the drawing board, plenty of times because I was trying to figure out how am I going to get these students to this space when I know this is years Mm -hmm. of missing information. Right. right. The one thing that I learned, um, and I just had a conversation with one of my teachers about this, and you know, something I'm trying to teach her. One thing that I learned is that when you want a student to write, right, you want them to, to write an argument there are certain things that they need to pull from, right? So, so there's vocabulary, there's structure, mm-hmm. there's all of that. But if they don't have the, the, the content, the exposure, 
um, the, the, the opportunity to, to, to debate things, if mm -hmm. they don't have those things in place, it's very difficult. So mm -hmm. the one thing that helped me, in addition to a lot of other pieces, but one major thing that helped me was, was teaching thematic units, right? And so what I did was I said, I'm, I'm gonna take this thematic unit um, and I'm gonna try to find movie clips, poetry. I'm gonna try to find um, a novel. I'm gonna try articles, various perspectives, various time periods, um, just to try to give them as much as possible during that time period mm -hmm. So that they can formulate their own opinions so that they can um, decide what they support or what they don't support. In doing that, right, these are these were my layers, right, that right. I tried to address. In doing that, I said, during this time, I'm going to teach them literary devices. During this time, I'm going to teach them um, author's craft. I'm going to teach them, I'm going to teach them everything, expose them to vocabulary. I'm going to try to uh, uh, put these things and, and, and the time period, put it in context. Why would this person have this opinion? Mm -hmm. and, and I spent the time talking. I spent the time asking a lot of questions, mm -hmm. asking because if, if they don't have it, it's not going to come out of thin air. I have to give it to them. Right. So I spent a lot of time just probing, probing and asking a lot of questions, trying to guide them to make connections to things to the point where they formulate their own opinions. Now I can ask them to write because now they have something to talk about. Right, right. So, so, so I start to eliminate, now I can work on structure. Now I can mm -hmm. talk about the beginning, middle, end. I can talk about a thesis statement because they have their ideas, they have their thoughts, they have their opinions, they're fired up and they're ready to go. You know what, well, so, see, so, when I, I'm sorry, I'm going to jump in and then you could, go ahead. I, I, I felt, see, like I, I, you hit it on the head again, of course. Um, when I was reading the, when I was reading the, uh, the article partnerships for reading, um, the one thing that I, I, I clearly got out of that was that the need to read. And so it was just, it went into this whole thing. Like when you're, if you're standing at the bus stop with your sons and daughter, find something to read if you're or to have a conversation about something if you have an old picture said um ask them to write about the people in the picture or if, if it was an event or something like that like their the article was saying to find ways to engage a kid and to have them in writing and then you touched on something too because the article spoke about this world information like Absolutely. you know the, the importance of just making sure that your kids understand globally you know, those, those, right. those things that are going on and you can't just hand them papers and things like that and say, hey, write on this, read on this and just, and hope for the yeah. best. So just imagine you have a, you have a, a third grade student, right? Who's struggling with, let's, let's say fourth grade. Let's, mm -hmm. let's push them up a little bit. You have a fourth grade student who's still struggling with spelling. You know, a lot of times they stay stuck right there. I can't spell this word. Forget whatever thoughts I had. Right, right. right that's struggling with spelling, you have a student with struggling formulating ideas, um, maybe they're limited in, in their exposure to things. So now you ask that student to write an analysis, a literary analysis, um, or write in response to something and make some larger connections. Connect, right. To what? Um, how, how much time has been allotted to just engage in discourse 
how much time is being allotted because this is very important too to be able to probe and, and then figure out where that student is. I mean, that conversation time is, I can't, I can't stress it enough how, how important that is in terms of assessing where a student is, in terms of feeding that student, vocabulary, content, world uh, information, mm-hmm. helping them make connections. That time has to be invested so that you can see your results at the end. It's not about how many papers you can mm-hmm. write. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. about the quality of that paper well, and time has to be spent in order to get them to that place. And that's happening through K to 12, right? That's, that's K to 12 with that expectation of that. Absolutely. At different levels. Absolutely. 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 Okay. Okay. All right. See, I, what was your thoughts on the way that even this article was put together? Because I like how they had in certain spaces, it was like what to do at home. And then it was like, um, it, it was on in the beginning of the article or, or uh, a, a section, it would say what to do at home. And then at the, on the tail end of it, it would be like, as your son, as your student left this particular grade level, this is what they should know. Right. Mm-hmm. So at the at the earlier ages or at the early grades, um, because it might be a lot easier. Do we hand parents information um, to tell them, hey, listen, at this point, uh, Johnny should be doing this, this, that and the other. Or you can support him because it's a little bit different at the high school level. So I wanted to know at the lower level, maybe not for you and your boy, see, but, um, <laughs> you, you know, but at the at the at the lower level. What does that look like? Or, you know, do we give parents the, it says um, uh, for the first grade, it spoke about what to do at home. And it says, talk often with your child to build listening and talk just like what you said, talking mm-hmm. skills. Read to and write and um, read and write with your child. Um, often talk to him about words and ideas in the book. Ask your child's teacher how you can help your child practice at home what he is learning at school. So is there space for teachers that can say, hey, um, Mr. Belton, uh, your daughter needs this sort of support. And that's what's happening at that, at that level. What sh- that's what should happen. I, I, I want to say, um, I would, I would suggest presenting it as this is what you can do to support your child. Sometimes when we say, especially in those lower grades, mm-hmm. um, when we say your child should know this, this, and this by now. Yeah, that becomes, yeah. We, yes, because yeah. every child develops at their own right. pace. Right. And so we put an, an unnecessary pressure on parents mm-hmm. to, to, and then they start to feel like my kid isn't where he's supposed to be. Right. And then parents sets in and that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. Let, let's focus on how we can support the students at home. I think this article did a really good job of making it very simple and accessible, mm-hmm. you know, as far as what you can do with your child at home, right, when right. he or she is in first grade, when he or she is in kindergarten, the, the idea of reading to them, the idea of reading aloud to them um, and talking about certain things. Um, the idea of, of, of asking them uh, what they think about certain things, mm-hmm. um, getting them to communicate their thoughts and their opinions and, and asking why, right? That, that's a big question. Well, why do you think that? What made you feel that way? What made you think about this? Well, how about this? How does this, how might this affect that? Do you think that 
so-and-so would have responded the same way. Mm -hmm. Those conversations can occur um, in the lower grades. My, my, my concern is that we need to look at what we're asking students to do in, in writing in terms of the lower grades, how much it has to be balanced. How much time are we spending mm -hmm. on developing the skills that they ultimately will need in order to formulate these ideas and put them in writing, mm -hmm. right? So, so asking them to, to write and focus, let's say on providing evidence when they're still struggling with understanding that you know, these sounds make up words. So, so, so my thing is making sure my concern is making sure that we're spending the time where they need early in the year. So we're not having to fill so many gaps later. Right. Right. And, and, and further down the line, see, I, I just was thinking about the power of why, when you just said that I can't imagine a, sec a second or third grade teacher, a first grade teacher asking a student to explain why. Like I have, I have a hard enough time asking that question to the to the to the eighteen year old and and, and getting a, a logical answer from that. So, for uh, a second, first, second, or third grade teacher to sit and ask why, um, I mean, I'm not just off just off the top. That can honestly be time consuming when you got twenty five or twenty something kids in the class. And you need to take your time to need to take the time to pause to find out where they are in the reading, where they are in the writing process. Correct? Yes. Yeah. So, so in the virtual setting, it might be a little bit different, but even taking a minute and allowing the wait time and, and write in the chat box, mm -hmm. or there are different platforms that you can use to engage, um, so that all students are engaged, right? right? So, right. so, so having that wait time, giving them a second to all formulate their reason why, you know, and typing it in, um, typing it in, you know, if you're using Jamboard, if you're using, you know, Pear Deck, whatever, whatever format you're using, mm -hmm. and absolutely, you want to be able to engage all of the students. Um, they all can't share at the same time, but right, all, but have an opportunity to get their thoughts down in some form or fashion, and then call on a few people. And then as a teacher, you're, you're keeping track of who you're calling on. You're keeping so that everyone has an opportunity. So that's also, you know, part of it, but, but the, the, the time, the time that needs to be spent doing that is, is time well spent because you will see the, 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 the result you'll see um, that students then will have more to say um, when, when you ask the student why, right. And, and, I'm, I'm gonna pose this to you. So, so when your student, right, who's 18, and you ask him why, and he has nothing to say, what happens? Or if a teacher does that, what happens then? Do you say, "How you not gonna know?" You know, or you say, "Yeah, that's like that's that. my that's my normal answer." See, no, <laughs> no, but I know I have to do the follow up question, and I have to dig a little bit. Yeah, I have to yeah. pull it out. I have to pull it out and see. But that's my question. That was the re that was the rationale for me to ask you that because for me, pulling it out of a 17, 18 year old, I'm sitting there like, okay, I'm gonna eventually get the answer. Let me keep pull, but. For what is that? A, fir a first, second, and third grader? Like what is that? Like five, six, and seven? That I, you know, that's third, 
<laughs> third graders about eight eight right yeah so <laughs> I mean I, I'm sitting I'm well, like it depends on, on what it is that you're talking about so so if they're reading a book that deals with um someone who delivers books to the community and we're asking why and and, and why is that important mm-hmm. right then we help them to make those connections as to why that's important and how it's important in our own classrooms and how that helps us. So, so the connections are, are different yet the same, you know, Mm -hmm. you you work with students at their level. Right. Right. See, is it, um, do you have to at that level or is it about quality, um, quantity over quality? Like, do we just want the students reading at that age? Like, do we just want want quality? We We want want quality. quality, Right. So, so there are some instances where um, students may be required, you know, independent reading is a requirement. Okay. It's a requirement. You have to engage in independent reading, right? There are some students who are struggling with attention span and the ability to read mm-hmm. um, and working independently. Right. So when we are thinking about that, I feel like you talk, I feel like you must have had a conversation with my mom because that's that's those are my issues right there. But go ahead. See. (laughs) (laughs) So so I'm uh, so in that in that situation, you have to determine where where will the time be best spent Um, not to take away the independent reading, but you you may need to. Um, make some adjustments and and change some things. If you know that that student is going to sit there for the next 20 minutes and not engage with a book, just to comply with independent reading, Uh right? Right, How does that benefit? So so maybe right now, that might not be the best thing for that child. Uh But but there has to be some place and time within that, that class where the student can engage in reading and some level of independent, maybe, maybe it's five minutes, Mm -hmm. but then I, I, as a teacher have to, I have to have something else ready for that student, you know, and maybe we can build. Um, And of course the read, the books are going to be at their level, whether it's a a picture, the, the, Mm -hmm. you know, where they they do the picture walks Mm -hmm. um, or the low, whatever level it's, it's, it's meeting them where they are. Right. But I, I, I worry because a lot of times we're so busy complying with time slots and, and that we're not spending the time where it needs to be spent or, or we're, we're so busy trying to keep up with a curriculum that we're leaving the child behind. Right, right, right. And, and, and it's, it's frustrating because it, it continues and then you see that child continue to struggle and now you wonder, fourth grade, hey, what mm-hmm. happened to so-and-so? Right, right. She used to be the best student in the class, but right. now all she does is disrupt mm-hmm. or go to sleep mm-hmm. or now we have all these other social issues that mm-hmm. begin to play a part. So that, 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 no, that was key, see, because when I was uh, in, in the readings, I'm not sure if it was this one and I'm not sure if it was the, the article that I had just recently read on the Matthew effect, but it was an article that I had read, see, and it had, it made a connection that over time, uh, when you have these sort of deficiencies and these deficiencies aren't addressed, then over time, 
you put it, you sort of corner a student in, in a place where um, didn't um, now they need special now they need special services, and then the kid because if the kid turns all away and then is reluctant to it, see, then now what happens is that it's almost I don't it's not systemic, but it's sort of um, um, it's it's just a continuation of it. So later on down the later on down the line. You have so fifth and sixth, sixth and seventh grade. You have a student that's I'm done with this. I'm done with the. I'm done with trying. Uh, and now we now we're trying to wrap all these wrap around services around this kid when we could have found these services to sort of work with that student when they were a lot younger. I I completely agree. Completely agree. And that's that's what I have seen in in my 22 years. Right. That's that's what I have seen and. Um, so again, for, for me and my experience in looking at data and looking at when students come out and they're testing in third grade, if, if there is a deficiency in reading and writing over a period of time, we have to look at what's happening in, in, that, in those foundational years. And are we spending the time mm -hmm. that we need to spend in order to address those I won't call them deficiencies because they're they're not deficiencies at that age. At that time, are we addressing right. yeah. the things that need to be taught? Are we right. secure the foundation? So, so in my experience, I've also um, had conversations with other school districts in Essex County mm -hmm. that have been high performing right. every single year within right. the top three schools mm -hmm. every single year, and I've sat and I've talked in great lengths mm -hmm. with those individuals who are making the decisions and, you know, curriculum mm -hmm. and, you know, things like that. And what they have talked about um, that has been their success is having a strong foundation. And then, and I'll, I'll speak to this just a little bit, but then building capacity in their teachers yeah. not focused on a curriculum or mm -hmm. how well you can teach a curriculum, mm -hmm. but focused on best practices. So yeah. if in five years we need to change this curriculum for whatever reason, we... those are best practices. Right. It doesn't matter what you hand me. I right. know I what see. I need to do with this, with this new tool. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not about the curriculum. And so so that, that's another piece, you mm -hmm. know, that we can, you know, explore as mm -hmm. I guess, I, you know, another time, but, but that teacher support piece and what are we supporting them in? Are we supporting them in how to teach a specific curriculum or are we supporting them in how to teach, um, you know, how, how to just be effective teachers and, and focusing on the practice? You brought up something. See, I just need you to kind of clear it up for me. You said that, uh, or you reminded me uh, that some students do learn at a different pace mm -hmm. um, than mm -hmm. other students. So when we, so that third grade teacher who has um, that, that second, third grade um, teacher that has that student sitting in that class um, and might not know how to address it, but it might, um, and I don't want to just say it, but it might work itself out in the later grades. Um, we, what are the services that we put around that kid just so that we know um, that we're not missing something that we might need to address later on? Something else might be going on with the kid. Are, diagnostics are important. 
Um, so I'm a, um, I, let me just kind of rethink. Diagnostics are important. Um, identify being and using those to identify where the gaps are. Third grade is usually where the switch occurs from learning to read to now I'm expecting you to read, to learn and mm -hmm. look for specific information. I'm not focusing, although foundational skills are taught um, at different levels, but through, I believe it's about fifth grade, right? So, so, um, but they're not as, they're, they're less of a focus, right? They're okay. smaller in terms of the standards and how much, you know, the indicators and how much is being taught at this, you know, you focus prefixes, suffixes, root words, things like that, right? Okay. Um, and when's the last time you really heard about that? But how <laughs> important does that become right. just as a sidebar? Mm -hmm. How important does that become when you're expecting kids to write an argument or to analyze a piece yeah. of literature if you don't understand root words, prefixes, and suffixes when you're trying to figure out what this author was saying and why they chose to say it the way they said it? And the time, I mean, there's so much we can't skip those building blocks. I, I'm so, yeah. you know what? It's so funny that you said that. See, I was, I just jumped in. Um, I was, I did a walkthrough in a class the other day and uh, the class is called medical terminology. And okay. it's a part of our uh, Rutgers program that we have. And, okay. and so it's all about the root words, the prefixes and the suffixes, right? Like all about the medical terminology and it's, and it's, that's all it is. And, and, and you're right. Like if I won't even touch that unless I see it sitting in a medical, you know, a course like that. And, and you know, and it, that's, that's rich that you said that I wanted to ask you something else because I remember I walked into a class and, um, uh, probably like about a second or third grade class. And I said, oh, why aren't they reading in, in a certain way? And the uh, teacher explained to me um, that uh, round robin reading was shunned or it shouldn't be done. So that's, that's, that's antiquated. See, I just need to just know that. Okay. All right. Just proven to not really do anything. Okay. Right? That does All right. I mean, and I have my own opinions, but go ahead. Finish well, no, no, I just need, I just needed to know, you know, what, oh. what that was. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. If yeah. that was the case, then that was the case. I mean, there's a couple of reasons. I mean, I mean, it, it, and it also depends. Like I just had a conversation with a, with a teacher about having students read while they are introducing something, having the student read the, the anchor chart that they had put up. And mm -hmm. now the student is struggling reading the anchor chart, but we still expect the students who other students who are listening to now understand this new concept that mm -hmm. you're teaching. So, mm -hmm. so you've got to think right. about right. that as well, like the, the reading aloud. And so uh, allowing a student to prepare for that, there's nothing wrong with that mm -hmm. because in the end we, we want to build fluency. Right, right. And we to build confidence because mm -hmm. we want them to be independent and right, we want, right. right so so the round robin reading you know has has proven to yeah not be effective <laughs> see let me ask you fluency and confidence like i just jotted those terms down right so <laughs> does does the so does the fluency the level of fluency that a student would have I'm assuming that that would build the confidence for them to interact or have a stronger presence in the class. 
think it affects it. Yeah. If that's just like, you know, if a struggling, if you're a struggling reader, you don't want to read. Right. I don't want to read. <laughs> I don't want to read. <laughs> I want you. I want you on that seat. And you know what? And so I wanted you to. But, but let me just wait. I don't know. Go on. No, go on. Let me just say this. Uh -huh. Now you give a struggling reader a passage and you give that struggling reader time to practice it. And now you, and now you get him or her to read it, whether it be the following day or two days later, and they get to read it and shine and read it fluently. Then you, you've done a few things there. Yeah. I like that. But that's, yeah. that's, that little, that's that little stroke of confidence too, though. See, I like that. Yeah. Though. I like that. Yeah, so see, babies to, to Feel good about what they <laughs> I like that. See, so see, so does it make sense? So do we do, do we give students opportunities like that? Are we saying, uh, take this information home? Well, well, we will be reviewing this information, take it home. So when we, I mean, is, does that happen at that early of an age? I haven't, I haven't seen it. Okay. I haven't, I have, I, I will be honest. I haven't seen it. Um, and, and not, not uh, specific to a district, but I, I think time. You know, I think we're yeah. in such a fast pace. Hurry up and get them to oh, learn right. it. I think somewhere, right. somewhere in the conversation about, somewhere in the conversation about teaching students certain skills, right? These prerequisite skills to be able to do certain things at the latter grades. I think somewhere something got maybe shifted. And, and I think we're now trying to do too much too early and taking away from again, and I probably sound like a broken record, but know. we're taking away from the foundations that should be strengthened in those early grades. In the pre-K, I keep saying K, but it starts pre-K and it starts at home. Mm -hmm. But spending that time so that when the students are expected to now take a piece of text and apply all of those skills that they have learned so that they can learn something from mm -hmm. what they're reading and then dive into conversations and debates mm -hmm. that they can do it and they can take off and, 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 and they excel in that. But what I'm seeing is that students are not equipped with that when they get to those grades and now they're struggling with 10 different things. They're mm -hmm. struggling with the expectation for that grade level and they're struggling with all of the pieces that are missing because they, they didn't, they weren't strengthened in the grades that they should have been strengthened in. And then I watch the teacher struggle yeah. because it's not that teacher's area of right. expertise. So, right. so as a, I was, I was blessed as a high school teacher that it was, after my experiences in the lower grades and, mm -hmm. and additional courses in, in reading and, and phonics and foundational skills. And so, so I, I was blessed, but that's not the norm, right? When you right. get, when you have your literature right. teachers in high school, we are, we are talking literature, mm -hmm. Shakespeare. Don't, I'm not talking about anything else. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to teach you anything else, you know, and, and, and even middle school teachers, the capacity and, and not, I'm not saying this as a negative. Mm -hmm. It's just not what happens in those grades. And right. it's, it's not the curriculum. It's not the standards that they're focusing on in those grades. So they're not prepared to even address those things. So why aren't we realizing that 
and revamping and looking at how time is spent mm-hmm. in the K-1-2 grades so that students leave mm-hmm. with the proper tools. And, so, and that's my No, no, I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off. I didn't finish it. Oh, cause, because I'm wondering, see, so you're, you're, you're thinking about, because, you know, see, um, I always, not always, but I, I tend to look at it both ways. I tend to look at what can possibly happen in the class and what do I have to, what support systems do I have to build outside of the class? Like, so what platforms do I have? Do we might, do we have to purchase? So we have to find out. So if the kids aren't doing, aren't doing well in class, what other I like that your strategy is we need to fix what's happening in the class um, or at least support it or, or, you know, maybe clean it up in certain ways, take certain things out and, 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 you know, design it. If so we, we have more that, time. If we look at what's happening in, in the grades, in the mm-hmm. lower grades, we will begin to see a difference as students move up. The additional support from parents is necessary mm-hmm. um but again there's only so much that we can control outside right. of the walls right. i need to know that what is happening within the walls of this school mm-hmm. is is everything that we can possibly do to prepare that student from k to 12 and 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 that's and my focus is in that k12 because mm-hmm. after that i've watched you know, in my 22 years, I've mm-hmm. watched it become an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. I, I, now I have to have conversations with teachers on, okay, how do I address this student who's struggling to read? Because they don't know the sounds. They don't know vowel sounds. Yeah. They don't know. Yeah. They, and so the so there's only so much in terms yeah. of sight word. There's, yeah. there's only so much scaffolding, right? There's only so far the bridge can be built mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. some point, stop and, 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 and fill the gaps. I'm what you see. I, so, I, so, that, so that now they can, they can function independently. If not, yeah. we're going to scaffold for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and even with that, see, after, after a certain age, a uh, certain amount of time of scaffolding and thinking that we're going to put h- how we feel we might need to uh, correct the wrong later on. The problem is even now with the behavior, like you said, so now I'm so disconnected. Like I can't, I, no matter who, what teachers in front of me, I can't get this. And so, and now, and now I'm in high school I'm like, now I'm now I'm the class clown or now my behavior yep. is so to the left yep. that it's, yep. uh, they got to get to through the layers to find out that it's really just a deficiency in, in, in my reading and writing. Yeah. And, and so let me just say this, too. Um, and I, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Um, but just give me one second. So so students and, and the scaffolding. Right. I, I don't want to. I focus on K-1-2 because I want to see a, a, a change across the board. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see pockets of change, right? right. And I am a strong believer that that can occur if we strengthen the foundational years, right? And we spend the time just like the successful districts have done. Mm-hmm. We spend the time and be very intentional about what they come out with. Uh, uh, what what skills and strategies they acquire in those grades, right? 
But I also want to be clear that I am not saying we forget about the students who are the here and now, right? right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that. Right. So what we have to do in that case is we have to look at uh, the most bang for your buck in a sense. Mm -hmm. we, we, we can't, we'll lose them. We can't teach a K through three to a, a seventh grader, let's just say in one year or mm -hmm. in two years, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if, let's say if that's where it's identified for whatever reason, here's where it's brought to your attention, here's mm -hmm. where you realize that whatever the case may be, that's the here and now. We have to think about and look at what are the areas that we can focus on with that student that will move that student. So there are certain elements like blending, segmenting. Those are pieces mm -hmm. that we can focus on right. that will give you more bang for your buck for let's say the middle school or the the the, the let's say the, the grade of five through seven mm -hmm. you know there are certain pieces if now now if that's an issue that's a student that's very very low and oftentimes they're probably you know at that point because they're so far behind now mm -hmm. it's deemed a learning deficiency where it right. may not have been they just right. have fallen that far behind without exactly see. the supports yep. that they needed mm -hmm. right but i'm not gonna go down that road today so so now we got a lot of our babies um, being classified when it's and when it's not about that. We're somewhere along the line, they weren't given what they needed, right? Um, and so, so, but but let's just say you know this is you know uh, third, fourth, fifth grade. We we focus on there are certain components, you know, always building vocabulary, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. How much time are we really spending not just introducing it, not but how much time are we really diving into, you know, the vocabulary and using it and making it part of the everyday? And especially, I have to say, especially now in this 45 minutes, right? I, I think we have to just rethink, look at I, you know, how how our, our babies are missing so much yeah. right now. Yeah, right. Are. How are we gonna fill all of these gaps and then even taking into consideration, you know, that that time that they no longer have right right, right. So there, there's so much but but again I just wanted to be clear that I'm not dismissing the here and now you know we, we focus on certain foundational skills that can move those students and and but teachers have to be allowed to do that too I right don't... not take a student into a small group and say well scaffold the reading well this the, the bridge is it's not reaching right you right. know Student is has already tested and demonstrated that this fourth graders reading at a first grade level. There's mm -hmm. way too much missing there. Mm -hmm. We have to spend the time to get them where they need. So, I, I, I want to say um, we're gonna wrap up because it's it's I, I done had you on for about an hour now, and I want I want you to save your energy for my next one when you you know. So, ladies and gentlemen, she will be back, uh, but I. I do want to say to everyone that um, I, I definitely wanted to have Isabel on because I knew the commentary. I knew the conversation would be good. I knew that she knows her stuff. And I want to actually, um, I, I really want folks on like that where, or like you see, um, because I really want to make a concerted push for folks to understand the importance of literacy. Um, I hope, you know, we have parents, uh, guardians on so that they can understand the importance of it. 
um, even if teachers, if this sparks uh, an idea with a teacher to say, hey, you know what, I had an idea to do something and I wasn't thinking about it before. I didn't want to bring it to you before, but hey, I saw something or I heard something and and so whatever it may be. Um, I'm just, and, and so even at the high school, I'm definitely looking for, um, and not necessarily an answer, but sort of like a clue uh, because we, we have to, at, I'm, I'm, you know, it, it becomes hurtful to be the father of 900 kids and you see kids graduate yearly and you're wondering, um, you know, are, you know, are they ready? You know, and I, I don't, I don't really, you know, that's a hard pill to swallow. See, you know, um, especially the way that we are with our kids, you know, they become <laughs> families with us. So, you know, that's, that's I just know. a hard pill to swallow. So head on the desk at the end of every um, year, like, did I do enough? I know, right? <laughs> so I'm like, listen, so this, this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, was not to uh, chastise or sort of uh, point a finger at any elementary school teacher, high, middle school teacher, oh, high school yeah. teacher. We're not saying we have the answers at all. Um, I invited uh, Ms. Colonna in because I knew that she was um, very well versed on how to move students um, of this nature. And um, I'm, I'm proud of you, see, because you know what? When you first opened up about your history, I just, and then we're going to close on this. Um, we, where we met at, what was it? What was the teaching... The, uh, the teaching store that my, what was the name? Beckers. Of? Beckers. We oh. both were waiting. We were waiting in the parking lot of Beckers. <laughs> and just so that the audience knows, I was there before you. I'm just saying, I don't Whatever. know where you were. I don't that's know what time you, you, you started to punch in. That's because you slept there the night before, but, and there was no line, but. <laughs> no line for us. It's fine. In, in and out. No. We were in and out. But. <laughs> See, listen, I want you to know, uh, thank you. I appreciate you for being on the podcast. You know that there will be a part two. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll finish out these, this piece for the National Institute for Literacy, the Partnership for Reading. We'll finish that out. And um, okay. we might even take it a little bit further and find out some uh, different avenues that we might want to uh, move in because I definitely want to make sure that even outside of the school, the, the building itself, that folks know um, uh, like me and you talked earlier about uh, you, you giving me some links so that we could put on the podcast so that families know where to go to get certain um, information. Teachers may know where to go to get certain information. Students mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. We want to open this thing mm -hmm. up so it becomes uh, so whoever decides to, if you're a viewer on the podcast or if you subscribe to the podcast and um, we hope that, you know, you have something that you can, some information you can pull in, have your sons, your daughters or give it to a sibling who has your nieces and nephews with you. I mean, with them and, and everybody's reading and writing. And so that that challenge or that when that, when I, when our babies get to high school and, and I keep saying it, see, cause my little, my little uh, mantra is uh, the road, to, the road to Howard and Harvard starts well before they get to the high school. You know, I don't want folks to be thinking, you know, kids come in, I'm going to Duke, you know, um, and that's <laughs> go to Duke, be a blue devil, but you know, um, you know, be willing to put the work in and then know what you, you know, just make sure, you know, you tighten what you need to know to get there as well. So I appreciate mm -hmm. you C and, um, and I'll let you know um, when we'll put, when we pull the next one in. All right. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. C. take care. Thank you for listening to the fearless leader podcast a podcast made to help you take control of your life and find your passion. If you enjoy tonight's podcast, 
Make sure you subscribe so you're notified whenever a new episode is posted. And rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. We really appreciate your support here at the Fearless Leader Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you all next week.